What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be talking about the best fantasy football draft target in every round of your fantasy drafts. So I'm using 4 for 4 ADP, in my opinion the best like consensus ADP resource out there and then I'm going to be going through rounds 1 through 12. After round 12, like it's really just a crapshoot on where players are going, ADP is just all over the place. So round 1, through round 12, the best target available in each round, the best overall value. Some rounds I may throw in a few different players, you know, just because I think there's a few options available, but I'll try to limit it to just one. So let's just jump right into the video. Starting off here in round one, I do think, you know, there are some decent values here. I'm a big fan of Christian McCaffrey at the 102. He's my clear number one overall player, but the guy I'm going to label as the best value is going to be Justin Jefferson. Right now, he's going off the board at the 105 and the wide receiver two. For me, Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver one. He's at worst my 103. I think you can make an argument for him at the 102. I think he has that kind of ceiling. Obviously, he has the safety of being a wide receiver, less injury risk than a running back. So uh, Justin Jefferson is my favorite round one value. I really think he can go nuclear this season and just put up some monster wide receiver one numbers. And if he's getting picked at the 105 on average, there are going to be leagues where he's going 106, 107, 108. And in my opinion, you know, in half point PPR, PPR formats, if you are getting Justin Jefferson outside of the top three picks, I think you are getting a crazy value. Now, moving on to round two, once again, could have gone in a few different directions here. But in my opinion, the clear cut best value has got to be Saquon Barkley going at pick 22. At this point in the offseason, if you are drafting Saquon Barkley at the 2 3 turn, you are getting a massive value. In more competitive leagues, Saquon is starting to go at the 1-2 turn. His ADP is rising a ton, but I know there are still some big-time platforms like ESPN where Saquon Barkley is like a third-round value. If you're getting him back into the second round, Saquon's a steal with the upside he carries this season. So Saquon is my clear-cut round two favorite value. Now, round three was arguably the toughest round for me to choose here, and I'm between two players. For me, it's between Leonard Fournette and Michael Pittman. Right now, Leonard Fournette is going at that 2-3 turn, pretty similar spot to Saquon. I do think he should be going behind Saquon, but I think there are very strong arguments for Fournette to be a mid-second round value. But I think right now, the best value may be Michael Pittman, because right now he's coming off the board at pick 35. In my opinion, he should be in that range with guys like A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen. Instead, there's kind of like this big break between Michael Pittman and the rest of these guys. I feel like he should be right up in there. At latest, he should be probably going off the board as a mid-tier, you know, third-round pick. So I think uh, Michael Pittman's a great value going at the 3-4 turn. I mean, if Michael Pittman's fallen into the fourth, that is just an auto-draft for me at this point. Now, moving on to round four, I like a few different players here going at the back end of the fourth round. And I'm going to give two here can't choose between these two players. For me, it's Travis Etienne at pick 45, and it's Deontay Johnson right after him at pick 46. For me, Travis Etienne should be going probably late third round at the latest, maybe early fourth round. But if you are getting Travis Etienne into the fourth round, especially mid to back of the fourth, you are getting a steal. He basically reminds me of DeAndre Swift from last year. This guy who has elite receiving upside, there's some uncertainty on the roll, some uncertainty with the offense, but I really think Travis Etienne can have a monster season. And then for Deontay Johnson, I've been high on him all offseason long. I think a lot of people are discrediting his performance last season. Obviously, he got some extra volume with Big Ben, 
but I mean, the man commanded a huge target share. I think he can repeat that once again. So the volume may not be there, but talented wide receivers are going to produce. And now moving into round five, Brees Hall is currently listed at pick 49, which falls into the fifth round. This is insane to me. Just like the Travis Etienne pick, I think Brees Hall at latest should be going maybe mid-fourth round, but I'm comfortable taking him at the 3-4 turn. I kind of feel like this is a cop-out because he's going right at that turn there. If I wasn't going to pick Brees Hall, I think you can look at players like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, all offseason long. Like I didn't think I'd be high on these guys. An underdog, I may not even have a single share of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, but at this point, if they're going round five, I think they're totally palatable at that price and can give you some big upside. So Brees Hall, if you think he's going in the fourth, third round, then I'll throw a Cortland Sutton or a Jerry Judy out there. Now moving into round six, this was honestly a really, really tough round to choose one player. I'm not even sure if I can do it. I just think there are a ton of values at wide receiver here. Guys like Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown going early sixth round. You have a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster going mid-sixth. Michael Thomas going late sixth. I think if I'd have one value, it would be Marquise Brown. But I mean, at this point, Marquise Brown is an insane value. And then those other players, Chris Godwin, Juju, Michael Thomas, they are solid values at this price. So Marquise Brown's going to be my guy. We know he's going to feast early on in the season back with Kyler, D-hop suspended. But I would not be surprised if Marquise Brown remains the wide receiver one on this team, even after DeAndre Hopkins comes back. So that is why I am in on Marquise Brown. Now moving over into round seven, this one's going to be a split one between two wide receivers. These guys, I've been high on them all offseason long. I've had them back to back in my rankings basically the entire offseason. It is going to be Darnell Mooney and Rashad Bateman. I think both of these players are in pretty similar situations. They're the clear cut wide receiver ones on their teams, likely not going to be like elite passing attacks, but I think both of these guys can produce. I think they're talented enough to give you solid fantasy production, and I think they're going to be force-fed the ball. I think both of these guys can have very high target shares, and I think it's going to produce solid fantasy football production. And if you're getting them in round seven, I think you're just absolutely getting them at steel prices. Moving into round eight, I'm going to talk about my first quarterback in this list. If you guys have been like following through the ADP here, you can see that a lot of these quarterbacks are way pushed up you know, pushed up way beyond where I'd be comfortable taking them. But here with Trey Lance going at pick 90, his honestly, his value is pushed up in terms of where he's being drafted as a quarterback. So he's QB 13. No QB 13 should be drafted at pick 90. But the fact that he's going at QB 13 is wild because I'd be taking Trey Lance at like QB seven and I would be taking him easily at this pick 90 spot. So Trey Lance is the guy here. If you told me in four months, Trey Lance finished as the quarterback three in points per game, the quarterback two, I would not be surprised. He has everything just pointing up for him. He's in a great situation, great weapons. He has the rushing upside. And, you know, we've seen guys like Jalen Hurts do it. He doesn't even have to be a very good quarterback to give you really strong fantasy production. So I love Trey Lance in the eighth round. Now we're starting to get to the back end of these rounds, heading into the ninth. This is a tough call for me between two different players here. We've got Drake London and Ramondre Stevenson. And I say it's a tough call. It's really not a tough call. I do love Ramondre at this price, but Drake London going at pick 98 is crazy. We've seen rookie wide receivers ball out, you know, as rookies over the last few years. Talking about guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I don't want to throw him in with those guys because, I mean, those are like crazy outlier numbers. But we've seen these rookies come in, produce as wide receiver twos, 
Drake London's being drafted as the wide receiver 41. That is absurd. He doesn't even need to have one of these crazy breakouts, and he could still be a win at this current price. So if you're getting Drake London in the ninth round, you are absolutely stealing him from your league mates. Now on to round 10. For me, this is between three rookies. As you can see, I like the younger players. I like the unknown. I like the upside. It is between Damian Pierce, Traylon Burks, and Sky Moore. I already talked about Traylon Burks. Actually, I think I talked about all three of these players in my video about must-draft rookies. So I've kind of touched on all of these players. At this point in the offseason, reports haven't been great for Burks. They haven't been great for Sky Moore. They have been fantastic for Damian Pierce. If we're getting the running back one for the Texans, he's probably going to be the best value here in round 10. Even though the Texans offense is not good, if they have a clear-cut RB1, if Damian Pierce is beating out Marlon Mack, he's beating out Rex Burkhead, he is going to provide you very solid fantasy football production. I mean, I think this Texans team, like, they're going to be bad, but it's not just going to be this dumpster fire where no one can produce on this team. People are still drafting Brandon Cooks very high. I know a lot of people are very high on Davis Mills, so I really like Damian Pierce here in the 10th. Now on to the last two rounds here. We go into round 11, and to be totally honest here, I don't think there's one player that really sticks out to me as like, this is an insane value. I need to have them. But one player does stick out to me as a very solid pick at this price, and that is going to be Julio Jones. I actually would say Julio Jones stands out to me as someone you would have to draft here. At this point in the draft, right, low risk. If these guys don't hit, if you have to cut them, it's not the biggest deal in the world. But for Julio Jones, you may think he's washed. You may think he's injury prone. It's totally possible. He may get buried on the step chart behind Mike Evans, behind Chris Godwin, behind Russell Gage. All of that is totally possible. But when we're looking at like a guy who could really have a career resurgence here, and I don't even know if it's a resurgence because he's had one down year. His last year with the Falcons, he was injured a bunch, but he was still producing at a high-end wide receiver two level. If he still has that juice in him, we saw Antonio Brown dominate last year, was a wide receiver one when he was on the field. I think Julio Jones probably doesn't have that type of ceiling because Antonio Brown never really regressed. He just couldn't figure it out mentally to be on the field. But I think Julio Jones can give you wide receiver due production. And then if you see an injury to Mike Evans, maybe Chris Godwin has some sort of setback, then I think you could see an even higher ceiling out of Julio Jones. Now on to the 12th and final round. This is a tough call between two players here. I talked about Isaiah Spiller yesterday, so I think I'll talk about Michael Gallup here. I've been interested in Michael Gallup all offseason. He's one of my most owned players on underdog. I don't really understand this idea where Michael Gallup has kind of just been thrown away. I wonder if it's connected to the C.D. Lamb hype. Like, Lamb is just so good. Michael Gallup isn't going to have a role. I understand, you know, the uh, ACL tear. He's not going to be ready for week one. There are some concerns there. But, I mean, Jalen Tolbert is being chucked up draft boards. And I think he's a decent pick. But in, like, competitive leagues, this dude is going, like, I think, like, round 9, round 10, probably more round 10, round 11 maybe. But at this point, like, Tolbert has done nothing. He was not an insane prospect. He's someone where he's going to have the opportunity. But a guy like Michael Gallup, who has produced, given you solid fantasy football production, obviously he may not be 100% of himself, you know, coming off of that ACL. But I think he's someone who should be targeted more. Also, you're probably able to toss him on your IR and then pick someone else up, pick up a handcuff, you know, pick up a backup quarterback, whatever you want to do. So I'm going to go with Michael Gallup here. I think if he's like 95% of himself, he's going to have a very strong role in this offense. You know, the Cowboys like to spread the ball around. 
We've seen the last few years, Cooper, CeeDee Lamb both involved. They got Dalton Schultz involved. The running backs catch passes. They like to spread the ball around. Michael Gallup will benefit from that. So those are the uh, 12 of my favorite targets, 12 plus, probably like 15, 16, somewhere in there. Let me know what you guys think about these values. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know why down below, and I'll see you guys in the next one.